0: Hi, this is your host speaking. I apologize for the sound quality in this latest episode of CONST, uh, where I met uh, Jonas Klerup and uh, Edwin Schelwitsch. We had some technical issues with my microphone, and again, I apologize for the sound quality, but hopefully, you will enjoy the episode, anyways. Welcome to Konst. Konst is a podcast by a Scandinavian Mind about contemporary future art, the interconnection with society, culture, technology, finance and lifestyle. The outlook is primarily at the art world from a Scandinavian perspective, although taking into account the global arena of artists, exhibitions, trade fairs and other current events. My name is Roland Philipp Kretschmar and to- today I have uh, two guests with me, Jonas Klierup. Hi, Jonas. Hello. I mean, your resume is very long. You're an art consultant and advisor. Um, you work with large corporate clients such as Absolute Company, Electrolux, Suestaden and others. You curate shows. You develop strategies concerning art. You're involved in developing collections. Um, and you also had your own gallery under your own name many years ago. Uh, so we'll, we'll touch base with you uh, soon again, Jonas. But very happy to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Erdin Selvets, welcome to the show. I'm um, very happy you are both the founder of Dusty Deco together with your wife, Lina, and you're also one of my best friends. It's always good to have friends on the show. You run Dusty Deco, which is considered to be one of Sweden's most stylish and eclectic design stores and uh, furniture companies. You started this as kind of this vintage concept it has now evolved into a, um, a furniture company. You work together with Nudiska Gallery on this. And you also explore this interconnection with design and art. Based from Palma, right?
1: Based from Palma. Hello, Roland. Good to be on the show. Great to have you. <laughs>
0: so there are two topics uh, I want us to kind of cover today. Uh, and one is uh, the intersection between art and design. And I think both of you will have uh, great insights into this. And then in particular, I'm very curious about CREAM. And CREAM is a new platform that explores the boundary between art and design, where object categories blur as contemporary art intermingles with avant-garde craft. And this uh, new platform, CREAM, is an initiative created by Jonas, uh, together with the branding studio tete tete so, Jonas, I'm very curious to understand more about cream and why you're starting this and when it launches and what the role of this platform will be.
2: Uh, it launches now uh, later in May and it's uh, conceived by me and, as you said, Ola from Tetatet, the brand agency. And our discussions started um, i don't know maybe a year ago and the ambition was to open during during design week in the winter but the pandemic put it on hold so now we're launching now later in the spring and i think the idea came from uh, back when i used to write uh, for design magazine here in sweden for many years and uh, i met ola through a lot of uh, design events and gala dinners and stuff like that and we had a lot of interesting talks and I felt writing for this magazine I felt that the design world lacked a bit of contemporary art uh, in their in their in their context in their surroundings because uh, I felt everything was a bit too polished which I mean it was everything was in the tone of gray and, and beige, which is nothing 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 wrong with that but I wanted to show what the contemporary art world looked like so I when in my in my kind of the pages i had I, tr- I had different topic as you know textiles and you know objects and sculpture and you know showed what kind of you know the bold colors the i mean the, all the different aspects of what the of what art is and not just um paintings on the walls matching sofas so i tried to kind of you know <laughs>
0: to show so what... so can i ask you and i'm just curious so you're basically saying that art cannot be beige paintings on a wall or... Yeah, it <laughs> I'm just provoking you. Now art me. can be
2: everything. That, that's why it's so fun to work with art, because you can get away with almost anything, and it can be anything. But you know, it can be uh, it can be so many more things than just uh, the paintings that you want, or the or the photography that you hang above it. And it's you know, it's nothing wrong with that. But just you kind know, to to. to, to to be able to show you know it's also this it can also be this and i mean a lot of what people like about the art world is the wow sensation oh i didn't know mm. that It's something about your mind how it makes you think somehow and i think my ambition was just to try that and showing showing up different artwork I, I liked it happened to be i felt there needed to be more kind of sculptures more colors more you know sexy bold you know something more than just kind of um uh, two-dimensional two works and different type of materials as well. And I think that's where the kind of idea started somehow. And I talked with Ola, who's from the design world. He used to run a, a, a watch company called Teed. Um, wow. And he, uh, I mean, he comes from a more entrepreneurial kind of background and finance, So, um, but has been based in the design world for, for many years. Uh, so we talked about this and he was interested in kind of developing the concept and you know i like art fairs i love galleries and uh, (laughs) i felt you know we have a really good uh, art fair here in stockholm market but uh, there were some new kind of developments internationally on the scene where they kind of showed this type of more you know the mixtures of uh, of sculptures design and art and i felt the scandinavian scene was so interesting so I, i felt i wanted to kind of to to emphasize that and and try to kind of show that in a a different kind of context. And that's how the kind of uh, the idea came out. So it's it's a bit of a mixture of exhibition, kind of a small art design fair and, and, you know, a platform to kind of develop. We're going to see this is just a start. Mm -hmm. But the ambition is that. But I mean, now, I mean, when I left when the magazine closed down, like maybe two, three years ago, two years ago, just before the pandemic, that's when the design world started to kind of focus more on the art scene. So I felt like, you know, I remember the last gala dinner I went to before the pandemic. Suddenly all you know, the best design of the year, the best space architecture of the year, all those nominees were contemporary artists, Finally. Mm-hmm. Felt like my work, my my work writing about art for this magazine was you know completed, so now I could take a new step further, and this is the next
0: step. Super interesting, Jonas. And and, and before I let you in, add into the conversation, just have one question to you, Jonas. So, for the clarity of the listeners, so Cream is a platform for uh, this intersection between art and design, but it's basically a meeting space where you can experience great design, great art, but also purchase great design and great art, right?
2: Exactly. We're trying to we bring in artists and designers, uh, working directly with them or with our gallerists, and we're uh, displaying them uh, with a kind of set design uh, created by an architect, where we try to, you know, uh, we don't make any kind of uh, value, what is art, what is design, so everything kind of intermingles. And it's up to your to your to yourself to kind of have a look around and see. Okay, why is this design? Why is this art? Oh, is that a is that a minimal sculpture? Is it a stool? You know, uh, that's the kind yeah. of idea. And it's everything from small scale to large scale, uh, high tech digital t- technology to kind of craft and and mixing everything in between. And uh, it's just up for a couple of days. And we're doing it in conjunction with uh, the Creative Edition design week which is uh, which is happening now in may mm-hmm. so that's why we're choosing to launch now at this point just because there's some other lots of design events happening around town
0: okay so we'll, we'll get back to you jonas and explore a little bit also your background and, and how you kind of came to these uh, conclusions about this intersection between art and design but edin i'm curious i mean when we last met i was actually uh, in palma i had the honor to, to um, visit your amazing showroom in, in central palma and i mean at at this stage you're running das Deco, which is a furniture company producing furniture but the whole experience of the furniture of those designs is enhanced by all the art that you have in the showroom you have for many many years now um married i would say art and design also in your communication really well what what's your view on this and uh, you, you know do, yeah just interesting to
1: i think it i mean it all it all kind of started a long time ago when i was working in um, in fashion i was working for a swedish company called acne and traveling you know all over the world basically selling um, fashion but every time we came to like the whole team when we ended up in Paris or we went to New York or we never really talked about fashion. We always talked about interiors or art or I had the, the great experience to work with John Johansson who is the founder of Act, and he had always, you know, mm. he's always been collecting art and, and different furniture and, you know, so, so th- my interest started quite early with, you know, vintage furniture and how to mix up, you know, everything from the, the actual pieces to objects and, and art. And then when we started Dusty Deco, was was more like uh, a vintage furniture company where we where we felt like th- it was possible to sell vintage furniture in Sweden. And we started off in quite a low scale and then this kind of grew and became um, a nice, uh, what do you say, destination for high-end vintage. And we also started to mix it up with art. And we saw that, I mean, th- the space kind of, it was really nice with the, all cool furniture we had you know high-end vintage both with names and also without names that was visually nice but mm. without adding objects or sculptures or art on the walls this was just you know i mean not just it was beautiful objects but it all kind of just you know popped off when you put some really beautiful pieces on the tables or on the walls and mm-hmm. so i think that's where all this kind of started off and and um, we didn't really have the, the money to buy any art. So we started to collaborate with, uh, with, uh, with nice galleries in Stockholm. We started to work with a girl called Ditte, which is a friend of ours. And she used to work in a gallery called Boomam. And then she had a lot of connections, you know, to getting nice art into our space um, in, in Braergatan. And I think that's where the whole kind of tipping point came for, for me, but also for Dusty Deco, like that we needed to have art together with all our, our furniture. And then now we're moving to, to Spain, to Palma two years ago. We kind of we stopped the vintage operations in Sweden and we closed down the store and, and we found out that we need to take this to the next level. And that was, you know, we started to design some furnitures for projects that we did and then we felt like maybe this is something that we should really focus on. So then we started to design our own furnitures, rugs, objects uh, under the name Dusty Deco. Um, And then we found this really, really nice showroom which is set in an old palacio in the center of Palma where we mix our own collections, vintage pieces and art. And we wanted to be, I mean, the space should feel like this eclectic home of a collector or, you know, a young couple or an older couple, doesn't matter who it is, but that travels and, you know, they they have a, a, a certain look that, you know, you just add things to your home which is what I think a home should be about. I mean, you should never, mm-hmm. you know, curate it. You just, you add things, you mix it around and something old, something new and, you know, vintage, new f- art on the walls. And if you don't really have a space, you just, you know, put things on the floor. And t- um, that, that's really what, what it's um, my kind of this whole mixing the design and, and art is, is all about. Um, and I think it's mm-hmm. super interesting, you know, and, and also learning, there's so much things going on um, and especially now during the pandemic, when we were also locked down in Spain, starting our company, with like trying to source really interesting production for our furniture, which was horrible, but it was manageable in, in, the, in the end. But also the way how you, how you start to um, look for new artists or, you know, new areas in Europe, or, you know, it could be anything, which was really interesting.
0: So actually, what's so fascinating about this topic is it opens up so many questions in my head. And the question I'm going to ask now is, um, might close all the doors to all the art galleries in Scandinavia for the next decade for me, but (laughs) is is the role of the gallery obsolete? I mean, doesn't it feel so, I don't know, old-fashioned in the way we display art in this white cube setting where... I I when I listen to you both when when I also you know just look back at the best art experiences I've had of course sometimes you you experience art in a fantastic way in museum settings or in galleries but the best art is usually experienced at home or in 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 quite a relaxed setting where it interconnects with design and the surroundings with architecture etc. So basically my question is. Um, Do you agree with me that the the role of this kind of traditional white cube type of galleries it it does feel a bit old-fashioned or does it have a role
2: i mean i come from a gallery background so i'm very kind of pro galleries but I, i i think when we talk about the white cube i remember one actually one of my articles for this design magazine was about the white cube where i kind of uh showed how you know the white cube as you say i mean the white cube is there for a reason it's uh the white canvas but also the white cube is getting less and less uh, white per se i think a lot lot of galleries are kind of you know you don't need to have this kind of massive white walls maybe they can tend to be more in more dramatic and interestingly interested you know in showing different types of architectural space Uh, but i think I, i i still think the kind of gallery concept because you know when i talk to a lot of artists some of them, you know, they might need, you know, if not a gallery, it's very difficult for artists to get a gallery. It's very, it's very, very difficult. But sometimes they need maybe just an agent or something like that, someone to help mm. them. They need help with marketing and with uh, with sales because I mean it's uh, the art world and the art market is pretty, pretty scary, and it's uh, and it works in a strange kind of. It's such a really strange organism that works in its own manners and it's criticized. It's very self-criticized, but it's uh, I think artists, you know, it's uh, you need some kind of help to kind of get through that, uh, to get your voice heard. Um, and of course, I mean, I think uh, it's changing somehow. And uh, I mean, we went through a big, big change throughout the whole art world uh, during the pandemic, uh, where everything went more digital. But still, I think the ga- i think the galleries, some type of galleries, are still needed.
0: So, yeah. So, so yeah, that's uh, interesting, Jonas. Uh, your reflections on the white cube's existence or not. And you know, I, you know, as a disclaimer, I'm not against art galleries. I'm just trying to explore intellectually whether this traditional white cube type of gallery is a bit obsolete. On the other hand, I, I remember uh, Edwin, when you had us to deck the, the big showroom on Bra Lothan in central Stockholm. Um, you both collaborated with gallerists and curators and you also did your own shows. And you, you I mean, but we talked a lot about this kind of um, skepticism from the traditional art world <laughs> towards kind of design or, 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 or furniture concepts or platforms or stores that uh, are trying to exhibit uh, fine art and, um, What's your view on this?
1: But I think, I mean, the the gallery space, as Jonas said, I mean, artists, they need help. They need help in sales. They they are creative people, you know, so, so they, they need some backup with showing their, um, you know, a, a solo exhibition in an art gallery from an artist is so important because then you get to know the artist and you get to know the whole look, which I think is super important. But then also, I mean... Mm-hmm. It is a lot of the you know a lot of stores opening up and they put posters on the wall and they say that they exhibit you know uh, art which so I think it's a, it's a hard uh, um, it's a it's a big gap in between saying that you're, you're exhibiting fine art or you're more a, as a design store but I think the mix between it you know when you can, when you can actually do it and get um, I don't know it could be upcoming artists but also um, well-established artist, I think that's interesting when you can get good design, furniture, and art together uh, as an interesting art form. Also, I think it's uh, it's nice. So I think I mean, yeah, it's but, important to have the, the the gallery space.
0: So how do you educate? I mean, if you, if you talk about the typical furniture buyer, I mean, now you are operating in the super premium luxury space, Adam. But let's say that you are. Maybe selling kind of mid price ranged furniture and you still want to curate a space where you both have design and art how, how can you educate the buyer on art and how can you as as a let's say design shop owner or furniture store owner uh, enter into the artwork but I
1: think that was kind of our dilemma and when we started I mean we we were um, We're not having been selling just high-end, you know, super exclusive furniture. We also do mid-range and and Dusty Deco now is about a a mid-range furniture price. Um, But I remember from Gotham when we started to add a bit more, um, you know, established artists and art, I think the whole, um, the, the junction between it, you know, a client comes in and they see a really nice furniture piece. They come there to buy a furniture but then they also get interested in w- what's on the walls. So I think it's so much to do with the people behind it. I mean, if you can talk to the client and you can talk to the person that is interested and tell them in a... Um, I mean, we had the typical clients that not really... They never went to galleries because they thought it was scary in a way. So this was a first mm. kind of you know, step for them into the art scene because they don't really, as you say, the white cube maybe don't really they didn't know how to go there and how to buy art from a, from an art gallery mm. so with our stores, so what we did was more kind of we started a, a discussion and you know we saw that someone was uh, maybe interested in in an art piece and then we started to to talk about it that it was nothing you know scary or you know you should add art to your home and remove this poster and put something else you know and that, and i think that's um, what it's all about to have a, a dialogue about you know the, the the things that are on the wall
0: mm, interesting so you jonas just curious i mean based on your experience as well what can the traditional art world learn from the world of design um
2: well you can you can learn i think many things um maybe how to be you know more approachable uh, more commercial um more um more, yeah, more approachable, I think, in a way. Because, I don't know, maybe design is something. I mean, art is something everyone has uh, been brought up with. Everyone, you know, most people start, you know, dribbling, painting somehow. You have some experience seeing your first kind of visual imagery. And uh, even though it's still or moving and art or paint or sculpture, whatever, it kind of moves you somehow. And the same way, you know, design is something you have. All around you but somehow as as we talked about you know the art world can be very kind of uh, inhibited and very kind of difficult to get into and um, i think but i think now I, I feel that the design world is kind of they they start to intermingle a bit a bit more than they haven't done before and i think that's because you know it's uh, everything moves in cycles and waves and now it's, it's, it feels like the timing now for design and art to kind of merge more closely. I feel it's kind of uh, upon us uh, and we can see that with a lot of interest in in kind of craft and the kind of the, the, the junction there between craft and design, craft design, craft art. And I think it's an interesting time and it's a lot, I mean, we've seen, I mean, here, why we're doing this cream project as well is that we've seen a lot of kind of new Design art uh, initiatives and galleries, and catching on this kind of trend, and finally getting some uh, some uh, um, getting some context here in Stockholm. So I think it's uh, it's an interesting time right now, uh, where kind of art and design, you know, starts to merge a bit more.
0: Hmm. So we mentioned earlier how Dassidick built up this kind of space on Bragatan. We had Ditte Lauritsen, who was the art consultant curator there Uh, now she is based in Nordiska Galleriet a furniture store um, and uh, company uh, based in in Sweden but available uh, all over the world right? but I have the big showroom in central Stockholm and uh, both of you have collaborated with Nordiska uh, or are collaborating with Nordiska in different ways Um, what other furniture stores design stores or 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 platforms or companies in the nordics uh, do these kind of collaborations in the same way as nordiskana do we have other examples
1: no i don't really think there are some i mean there, there's a really nice um, um there's a dealer called thomas ekström uh, who deals with the high-end vintage furniture and design and he also does exhibitions um, with with also the art scene, mm-hmm. um, but f- further on, I don't know. I don't really know if someone is really adding you know art into the interior setting. I think it's quite for Sweden. I think it's uh, it doesn't really exist.
2: No, I think I think the Swedish scene is starting to, just starting now to kind of to uh, to emerge. I think I mean Denmark, Copenhagen has Etage Projects, which kind of the leading in that field, uh, which is more kind of design art. And here we see the new initiatives here in uh, in Stockholm right now with kind of arranging things and the new Kulis Gallery opened up Mm -hmm. recently and I mean we had Berg Gallery opening up, they are more maybe fine art but they started more with more more kind of objects Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I mean I think it's... uh, in terms of design are we seeing more kind of uh, galleries folks and, and I remember talking to designers uh, a couple of years ago saying that you know in Sweden there are no kind of design galleries but that was maybe three years ago now we suddenly have a couple of them, a few of them it's it's amazing so it's uh, it's a nice progress because I mean abroad France for example and the States been a lot of design galleries for a long time so a lot of Swedish designers mm-hmm. Have had representations abroad and sellings there kind of you know they're more fine art design objects through those galleries and um, there's been a lack of that locally, but it's a it's a change happening there right now
0: so those design galleries i mean you mentioned a few Kulis gallery and others that kind of are hybrid uh, <laughs> in between art and design i mean who are the founders between, behind these galleries? do they have a different profile from the Typical gallerists that you would find in the art space?
2: Um I think it's uh, it's a bit of a mixture of both. Some of them come from, you know, collecting uh, collecting background. Um, I mean we have Odem Gallery here in Stockholm, which is kind of folks mm-hmm. in craft mainly and, and ceramics very good. And I think it's uh an thing. They come from I mean they both their founders I think come from uh background in music somehow. And um, and cool as well. I think it's uh, it's different, but the same thing with the art world, you know. Uh, galleries, it's the same thing there. You have some galleries are collectors, some galleries are creators, and some galleries are artists, and they have a very different approach uh, on the art scene.
0: So, why try to build this cream platform instead of let's say? infuse design into the next market art fair why build a separate platform i
2: think it's just a kind of uh, it's more like an uh, ex- uh, experiment you know to see what uh, what can we achieve with if we bring lots of artists lots of designers together and my i mean my ambition why i I say, I say I put my gallery on hold, that was my ambition uh, when mm-hmm. I kind of shut down the gallery because uh, I want to take a step back because it kind of evolved very quickly and it became kind of larger than I than I um, thought it would be. And so I put it on hold, so I'm going to take a break for a while and then I started with all these kind of consulting businesses and everything went very fast from there. But I just discovered what I like very much is to be able to kind of to uh, collaborate and to work with all the artists, all the gallerists. and you know as we talked about as well, you know to bring this closer maybe to someone who's not that um, that experienced with art. And what I do a lot now is kind of. You know, I work. I'm the intermediate between the corporations and the artists or the galleries, and try to see what what is the what is the corporate what what do they want from this, what do they want from this. It's not just acquisitions. Sometimes the strategy is very complex. Sometimes, um, and this the cream concept is something. I mean, similar. Uh, we want to kind of to to see what happened. What is the interest from public? What is the interest from the from the galleries, from the artists, from the designers? And what happens when we kind of you know. If we put together everything we kind of like in a way in one big uh, one big room, uh, what will happen? I don't know. Uh, we'll see soon, and uh, I hope yeah. it will be successful. I don't know, but um, I I want to see something that I, you know, I haven't seen um, that much locally. I've seen this kind of more internationally, but I feel like it's such an interesting scene here. It would be nice to bring uh, so many kind of people together and see what
0: we can accomplish. It's going to be super exciting. So really looking forward to it. Uh, listen, Edin, I had this um, <clears throat> question in my head, curious to explore a bit. When you do these design collaborations with artists, I mean, for example, Alexander Kapilovsky is, 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 is an artist that you have collaborated with uh, on doing rugs, as an example. Would you say that the creative process is different when you work with artists?
1: Um, no, no, not really. I mean, it's always a different process working with artists because it takes a bit longer time. But, but, but no, I would say. I mean, we had, um, for example, Alexandra, when we made this rug, I, always, I followed her quite, for quite some long time and I exhibited her in our shop. And um, when I asked her the question, I mean, it was, you know, the answer from her was straight away, yes, let's do it. And then she made an artwork that we both kind of Mm -hmm. like, oh, this would look great in a rug. And then, you know, we have already had a production going with a rug. So I would say, no, not really. The hard thing today, I mean, we have a a a design collaboration coming up now for the fall with Mm -hmm. a young emerging artist that we really like and we think fit our brand. And the the most complex thing at the moment is finding production. Everything is, you know, it's so, takes a long time today. And uh, and today with I mean it's pandemic and all this other crazy stuff going on in the world, um, really, I mean finding wood, for example, at the moment is really really tough. And uh, transportation, gas prices went up, and you know, so so many things around it that makes it more tough than the actual collab, <laughs> I would say.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I understand. So. Yeah, the whole supply chain uh, manufacturing part is, is it's a, huge a nightmare challenge because of the, yeah. because of the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but um, what I reflected on, uh, I mean, just looking at this specific collaboration with Kapilovsky is that you also got a lot of PR coming out of it and uh, even covers of magazines. And it, it, it kind of felt to me that, you know, combining... Art and design in such a way makes it more PR worthy, right? <laughs> it's easier to ha- to kind of display a rug on the on the cover of a magazine if it's if of it's course because then it's doubles uh, kind of design <laughs> the rug yeah. you have, you have exactly
1: the, the, the actual production part, but also you have the art scene. So it, I think then it's you know two people and an entity trying to um, uh, express ourselves in a way. So I think it's um, and also because as, as Jonas said before that it's. It, it is a shift, you know, something is happening in Sweden. And it is, you know, this, um, and also I don't really have anything to say about this grayish, you know, beige tones, but it feels like people are longing for more color and more avant-garde thing, more crazy stuff, you know. So I think that's also why, you know, the, the, the Scandinavian magazines, they need stuff like this to write about, because um, I think also the, the, the right. readers want to read about it. And also the the clients are getting younger and they are, you know, online all the time. They do Instagram all day long, not all day long, but, and they come from creative fields, you know, and they have the information that it's easier for them to find it. Um, So I think it's, you know, it it goes much faster today, this whole kind of design scene, but also, you know, incorporating the, the art into it, which I think is super interesting.
0: So, so will your uh, furniture
1: and your designs become more colorful? Then? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no, <laughs> no, no, but of course, no, no, no. But I mean, we're being colorful. We have a pink sofa, a green sofa, you know. And we're adding no, but it, it will be more um, eclectic things. But also, I think the way we put it together, which I think that that I really miss. I have the showroom in Palma, which is uh, my sanctuary. You know, I, I can I hang art here, I move things around, but. What I really miss is this space to curate your space and get people happy when they enter, they see furniture, rugs, details, art, you know, and that's something that I think is, um, that's going to be more colorful or more eclectic, maybe not per se the actual chair, but mm. you know, the whole vibe. And I think f- talking about mm-hmm. dusty deco is our DNA and our way of expressing ourselves that I think hopefully also that other people like, and, uh, you know, and that we create something interesting with our setting. Interesting.
0: All right, uh, great discussion so far, Um, Jonas. Uh, you are very knowledgeable in the world of art. You've been, uh, you know, exhibiting, curating. You support collectors. You write about it, etc. What are the key trends uh, in in art uh, at the moment?
2: Um. I mean, as, I mean, we touched upon this topic, which we kind of be discussing right now, which is kind of objects. And I think it's kind of, it's, uh, it's been going on for a while, but it's, uh, you know, we're catching on a bit later maybe here in Sweden. I think, you know, objects, but also, you know, it's been a big shift. I think we saw the shift coming before the pandemic uh, about younger generational artists, you know, you kind of you're you're not that local anymore. It's uh, it's like with everything, but it's, I mean art has been very kind of it's a, art is analog. You know we live in a, in a kind of it's a physical world. As I didn't talk about you know transportation and material, the same thing. You know we we live in our in our house in our physical spaces, and art is very analog. It's physical space. It is tricky. You need to kind of the white cube is there. You need to you know to experience the art is physical presence, uh, but the digital presence is coming very quickly and i think uh, the, the nft discussion and the digital transformation has been amazing to follow and uh, i think once the hype has kind of calmed down a bit it's going to be really mm-hmm. interesting and i can see you know artists i exhibited uh 10 15 years ago uh, who we couldn't sell you know we, of course we couldn't sell the digital works uh, or even you know sold some prints maybe they can now uh, make a living selling digital nfts in a way and i think you know mm-hmm this kind of digital artist works like that since the 90s it's, it's a big transformation there I mean sometimes we just talk about this kind of new nft illustrators for the Photoshop artists but there's a lot of, kind <laughs> of real you know quote unquote artists that are that are um that can make you know for them there's been a big change and I think I mean it's we can't we can't uh, we can't you know we have to we have to accept the kind of digital transformation that's going on uh, but uh, it will not be you know as complete. i mean everyone when you, when you speak to nft people they're like Yo, oh wait everything's going to change but you know uh art we're still going to have you're still going to have a, a sofa in your room for at least <laughs> the future <laughs> you know it's not the sofa's not going to be digital you know your art, <laughs> you're still going to have physical artworks so i think i mean i would say you know digital things is happening and also you know objects i think
0: that's kind of interesting. It's 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 the two opposites, really. It's a kind of a objectification in the physical space and then digitalization in the same time. So, um, digital sofas, add in, is that a trend or what? What do you see in the in the world of design or furniture? Or I think. What I are the key, key trend, I
1: think the furniture world moves very slow, and I think I mean. I don't really would say that that is a trend, you know, per se, like uh, actual furniture or so for a chair. But I think it all looks kind of the same. People try to do different things, but I'm I'm so bad with trends. And I I don't really, you know, no, but for real, I I don't really (laughs) look so much on what other people do. Or, you know, I don't follow design, you know, Instagram accounts because it really... It slows my procedure down quite a lot, so um, I don't have a good answer for this. Sorry. So what do you look into? I mean, okay, (laughs) fair enough.
0: But what do you look into? What's your current? My current,
1: uh, it's seventies. Still, I mean, I've been into the seventies world for quite some time now. I really like, you know, big fluffy shaggy rugs and you know rattan and low furniture, leather. Italian kind of '70s '60s vibe. I really love that, and um, I don't really know how to get it into my own kind of brand or world. But um, that's my main inspiration, I would say, at the moment, furniture-wise. But then, if you look on all the stuff around me, it's not '70s at all, you know. But like um, um, bamboo thing. I think bamboo <laughs> is coming again. I think that that's something that I really love, and I'm, you know, looking a lot of. You know, American designers did bamboo in the sixties seventies but also Italian like Gabriella Crespi and stuff like this that that I think is amazing pieces, but no one makes it so um yeah that's i think that that's my next okay. trend bamboo bamboo objects <laughs> so
0: bamboo objects n f t that's the future fantastic so to close this off um do you guys have any kind of names you want to share like are there any hot stars on the scene, uh, something to look out for, in addition to what we have already talked about today? Jonas, any names that comes to your mind?
2: Um, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's so much right now. So I think just kind of keeping an eye on Instagram and YouTube, I like hanging out on YouTube and watching things there. And, uh,
0: you know- keep... What's your favorite YouTube account that you go for?
2: Um, you know, I, I like some of those kind of uh, vernissage TV where you can kind of see uh, art shows that you miss or art fairs. And it's mm. nice seeing, you know, it's... Uh... Hanging, you you get a glimpse you know you can hang around an art fair for like 35 40 minutes so keep it in the background you see what the, what the feeling was like <laughs> being there <laughs> and you know some to see some shows I mean it's that some uh, some big institutions are, are, are making quite good YouTube channels nowadays with interviews and you know lots of kind of ar- archival f- uh, footage which is great to see
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay so no names <laughs> but um, browse uh, shows
1: on YouTube that's
0: a good tip. <laughs> Uh, any no names I don't really here. have
1: any names I have a few names uh, for Dusty that we are doing for the fall but I think it's just you know it doesn't feel right sharing them now but I, it will, we have some young cool designers that will come up um, for Dusty but also old established artists that uh, you know was uh, in the 30s and the 40s that, was, that we're going to put back to life uh, during the fall that's exciting and for art I yeah. mean I mean, I, I've been tending to look a lot on, like, the eastern part. I mean, there's a lot of things going on in Czech or, like, Romania and young emerging artists that I think is really, really vibrant and colourful and, and very exciting. Um, so that, that's, you know, keep an eye for, you know, Balkan art.
0: Interesting, Romania has come up in many conversations i have had in the past six months on kind of the, the, the most interesting emerging art country. So, yeah, maybe let's we should go. go to Romania and do a special <laughs> show of const. So, listen, guys, um, time flies. Uh, it's been a great conversation. I think it's really interesting, you know, and I, I think it's, um, it, it, it's a scene and this kind of uh, inter, inter- interconnection between art and design is something to follow. Uh, let's start with Cream, middle of May. Jonas, what's the date again?
2: Uh, open uh, from 18th of uh, May for four days, um, open to public, Thursday. open to everyone. Open to everyone, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Um, and it's going to be around, I think maybe, you know, 40, 50 different, uh, pieces, objects and 20, 25 Thanks. creators.
0: Artists. Fantastic. So I'll see you there, Jonas, and, and Eddin. Um, <clears throat> how can we find Dusty Deco? Uh, we find
1: Dusty Deco, easiest Instagram, Dusted Echo, uh, or online, dustedecho.com. And uh, if you're,
0: mm-hmm. and if one in wants Palma, to visit the you showroom you can uh, in
1: Palma? DM on Instagram. That's the easiest, I'll answer. And you're more than welcome to come and join us for a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or something in the showroom.
0: All right, fantastic. Uh, so this was Jonas Clearup and Eddin uh My guests uh, uh, in this episode of Konst, a podcast by Scandinavian Mind about contemporary and future art, the interconnection with society, culture, technology, finance and lifestyle. In the show notes, you will find all the links to the references we made in this episode. My name is Roland Fybkaczmar. Thank you.